This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So on Wednesday night, Brentford play their 17th game of the season, home to Derby County, or as people call it, Wayne Rooney's Derby County. And it really is Wayne Rooney's Derby County at the moment. It's the second match where fans will be allowed into the stadium and very excited Brentford fans they are too as well. Um, I was very excited on Saturday as I got into the stadium, but like I said to you, and if you didn't get a chance, check out our post-Blackburn match podcast on prideofwest.london where we spoke to fans after the match at New Griffin Park to get their thoughts on the new stadium and how we played as well. But anyway, we're looking forward to Wednesday and we've got one of our besotted mini-pods and we chat to Derby fan Justin Peach from the Second Tier Podcast because he knows everything about Derby. Justin, how are things? It's it's good. It's much better coming off the back of a win. There have been few and far between this season, but hopefully hopefully there's a, there's a run of form brewing. Um, and yeah, as I say... Got to upset, uh, got to upset the locals on the, on Wednesday night. Hopefully, well, let's see how that goes. But of course, <laughs> but anyway, but listen, this season it's 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 not been the best start for Derby. I mean, tell us what has been going wrong. Yeah, well, I wish I could sum it up in fifteen minutes uh, or even less than that. It's just so many, so many things have have gone wrong. I think, firstly, letting Martin go, Chris Martin go in the summer, and not replacing him has been a massive issue because. Main crux of Koku's football was getting a hold-up player up front and allowing players and midfielders and um, wide players to get involved in the game. Uh, a hold-up player allowed that, um, and we haven't had that at all. Um, we've had to rely on Colin Kazim Richards of late, and to, to tell you the truth, he's been a revelation. He's been absolutely fantastic since he's been in. Um, but yeah, as I say, things have just snowballed since then, and obviously when you get off to such a poor start, Reading was terrible. We were so lacklustre um, and easy to counter. I think Reading had so many chances um, on the counter attack, which was unbelievable. We lost possession so easily and so quickly. And then, you know, Blackburn were more ruthless than Reading. And again, it was a poor game, lose 4 0 at home. And at that point, confidence just gets knocked. And then there's a lot of shifting with formation and players from a three at the back to a two at the, well, two centre halves, four at the back um, with the two fullbacks. And really, yeah, it's just culminated in a, a lot of indecision, a lot of indecisiveness, both at the boardroom level and 
um, management, and it's got to a point where now we're you know sitting seventeen or sixteen games in, two wins under the belt. It's not good at all. I mean, you're talking about Koku. I mean, to me, Koku, he seemed like quite a nice bloke. He seemed to have his heart in the right place. Mm-hmm. But the delivery wasn't quite there. I mean, were you a big Koku fan? I was. I was. I really, I got what he was trying to do. But his style of football, he needed players that knew how to play that style. It was, as as Wayne Rooney and Lee, uh, Liam Rossini have pointed out, it was fairly advanced in, in terms of what he was trying to get across. Um, you know, it was very possession based, quite pragmatic, um, and the players we had just weren't. I wouldn't say that they weren't good enough to play that uh, level of football, but probably, probably lacking the intelligence to play it. And that's not a criticism, but you know, it's the second tier of the, of English football. It's a championship. You're not going to get players of a, a top level quality um, unless you pay for them, like obviously Brentford have. Um, you know, we just don't get that if you don't invest in the squad and unfortunately that's probably been Koku's um, undoing is not being able to evolve around the squad that he's got. I'll tell you something, it's quite interesting you talk about that because Koku reminds us, do you remember when Brentford hired Marinus Dijkhausen? And, yes, uh, yeah. you know, but we, we hired him because, you know, for various reasons because we wanted to be a bit different. We liked the fact that he'd taken a team in Holland and um, you know like Koku's Dutch as well mm. did very well on a very small budget you know so mm. we came over and we had these highfalutin ideas that he'd do exactly the same thing with Brentford but the problem that we found and we didn't realise this at the time is just the style of football that he wanted us to play probably like Koku the players just didn't get it they didn't get his training style yeah. they didn't get the as they call it the tippy tappy kind of he just played you know his training style was sort of slow there was this like it wasn't high intensity it was low intensity and also the, the football that he wanted to play and uh, you know he's brought his assistant in this guy called Roy and this Roy guy <laughs> came in and in the end you know apparently again this is allegedly you know there's rumours going around saying that he was saying that the Brentford players aren't clever enough because they didn't know how to play this style of football that he wanted to put because it was for the Brentford players it was just too common complicated and it sounds like Derby had the same problem and I think you had the guy that came in at Crystal Palace as well you know um, was it De Boer as well who came into Palace as well I think mm-hmm. they had the same problem so maybe there is a problem in yeah. translation of the Dutch style of football and bringing it into into, into the UK. Yeah and no, I completely agree there was a really interesting article um, I think it was Daniel Storey who wrote it and I, I you know advocate anyone to go and check it out um, basically Philip Cocky was the last of the Lewis van Gaals you know, is the Louis van Gaal disciple, same as Frank de Boer, as you mentioned with the Crystal Palace, um, Crystal Palace uh, tenure. Um, you know, it's very pragmatic football. It's very structured, although it's possession based. It's very structured and very technical. And you know, Louis, Louis van Gaal struggled at Man United. Uh, you know, tried to invest, get players in, and play that style of football. And unfortunately, if you don't get the right players in to play it, it's not going to work. Yap Stam struggled um, in his second season at Reading after defying XG in his first season. Um, he obviously caught up with them eventually. And as I say, it was just very pragmatic and, and quite stale at times, and just not attacking at all. Um, which is what Derby needed. Obviously, we've only scored a handful of goals this season, and I mean a handful of goals, just eight all season, which is less than Ivan Tony. So it's it tells you the position we're in at the moment. And it's interesting, Yapstam. I mean, he's he's struggling as well out in Cincinnati. He's out in America at the moment now. Mikocho mm. um, is actually playing for him in Cincinnati, and he is really struggling. We've got some Cincinnati chums mm. out there. I've got actually I've got a touch base with them actually just to see what's going down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but again, again, it might be like I said to you, it might be a Dutch thing, a UK thing, and a American thing and the things don't necessarily mm. quite translate obviously this isn't this isn't a blanket thing but anyway just coming back to the wall 
And coming back to Derby, I mean, OK, you, you haven't done particularly well recently. You've lost a lot of games in a row. Then all of a sudden there's a big surprise on Saturday, wasn't there? It was it was a big surprise, and um, I said it uh, on the podcast at the weekend. Um, Derby being one to look with twenty minutes to go is the most anxiety-inducing experience <laughs> this season you could go through. I think um, you know we've, we've thrown away leads, we've thrown away ten points from winning positions this season, all within the last twenty minutes of games. Um, you know we'd be in a much different position had we been able to see those out, and it tells a it tells a big story. But as you say, it was a big surprise, and. Um, it's been coming, I think. You know, we, we played well against Wickham, we played well against Coventry, we played well against Bristol City, but we lost that game. Um, it all fell apart against Borough, but we seem to have picked ourselves up pretty quickly. And um, hopefully, as I say, we're, we're putting together a run of form, and that 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 win and mainly a clean sheet actually was was massive. And hopefully, as I say, it sparks something um, going into this week against Brentford. The football that you've been playing, you know, I mean, last season, season for me, the big thing for last season actually was the fact that you actually got, I know everyone jokes about it, but you've got, you know, just in the same way that, you know, that you had the lamp, the, the Lampard was there before. Now you've got the Wayne Rooney. He's replaced the Lampard as being the sort of the kind of the, the, the handle, the hook that everyone hangs it on. But has Wayne Rooney really made a difference to your side since he's come in? Yeah, that's it. That's a, it's an intriguing one. He simplified it. You know, I was saying it was quite, complex for, for players under Cock and that's what Wayne Rooney and Rossini have said themselves he's he, you know, he very much has simplified it. it it's you know it's players getting crosses into the box getting bodies into the box and it's just doing that maybe a bit more um, direct maybe a bit more structured out, um, without the ball as well you know our possession um, stats have dropped you know we're not keeping the ball as often as we as we did under Koku um, and we're a bit more a bit more savvy going forward you know decision making still has a long way to go and once that clicks I think we'll start to score more goals but at the moment um, I think Wayne Rooney has had a, a, a positive impact but whether or not he's the right man long term is is another question um, but we certainly as I say you know we're unbeaten in three under under him at the moment so it's going upwards I mean, and, and and that's the big question as well. I mean, because obviously you, you know he's he's there. He's been coaching you. He's also obviously, like I said to you, he's been playing. He plays for you as well. And you know when he came in, um, I mean, from what I know, Derby fans said there was a noticeable difference in the style of your football as well. You know, and also the fact is that he kind of moved from that striker position that everyone knows him as because he's probably got a little bit older and a little bit slower, and he kind of started to move into a sort of slightly more commanding position in the in the middle of the field. Was that sort of kind of noticeable in just in, in, as a change in, in in Derby and the way they were going about their business as well? Yeah, last season it was. We had a player to play through. Max Bird was fantastic. Um, at doing what he at doing what he did, which is retaining the ball, but Wayne Rooney was able to to play killer passes, a bit like Tom Huddleston back when he was probably a bit more a bit quicker, I'd say. Which he's never been really quick, but a bit he could move a bit a bit better. Um, he could play those passes, and um, last season it worked really well. This season it, it hasn't because teams were wise to it. We only had. I'd say we only had one way of playing and it, and it didn't work at all. Um, but as you say, it did it did um, have an impact on how we played because. As I say, there was a player to play through, and when you've got a player to play through, there's there's an onus, um, you know, there's a creative onus on, on that player, and um, I think the amount of key passes he played last season was drastically more than this season. Um, but as I say, you know, standards have dropped this season, so it's really hard to compare both. But there was a significant um, significant impact on on how we played when he came into the team. It was just a lot more confident, um, I would say. 
And the feeling is that Rooney was going to be coming in and, you know, Koku was always looking over his shoulder because, like, Rooney was just waiting to step into uh, his shoes whenever Koku got sort of shoved out the door. Mm. So the feeling is that when Koku left, this was inevitable, that this was going to happen. You know, he was going to be gone and Rooney's going to be in. But there's question marks as to whether or not Rooney's going to be taken over. I'm, I'm just wondering, do you want him as your manager? Um, in our current position, no. You know, we're we're in a dogfight. We need an experienced manager. I've I've advocated for Paul Cook. You know, I think he's the right man for this sort of scenario and as well. It's something to build on, I think, for him um, on a personal level for his career because he, he's spoken widely about wanting to manage a team that is going for promotion. And I think if he can keep us up this season, he's got every opportunity to do that next season. Um, so for me, I think Wayne Rooney in, in, in Derby's current state, no, I don't think he is the right man. We need an experienced man in charge and I still maintain that after a win because, as I say, we've got two testing games against um, yourselves in Brentford and obviously Stoke at the weekend who have been absolute mean machines at the back and you know we don't score goals, it's going to be difficult to break down. Um, so yeah, there's the, these, these two games really are the two tests. If we can come out possibly with two draws, then perhaps I do start looking towards Wayne Rooney as the man, but at the moment... I have to look for a more experienced head to to come in. And it's interesting you say Paul Cook. I mean, some people sort of say that's a little bit of a dull choice. It's a little bit uninspiring. But I actually listened to him. He was on a podcast, I think, um, this week or last yeah. week. I think he was on a he was on a I think the totally totally football show podcast or one of those ones as well. And I I listened to that one and I actually found it really interesting. He's, he's properly down to earth bloke, isn't he? He is, and that's what that's what the club needs. I think the last one we had really was Gary Rowett. You know, he's one of the people um, in inverted commas. Uh, you know, he's he, he, he he's, you can tell he's he just breathes like hard work, and that's what this team needs. You look at the players he brought through: Sam Morsey, um, Joe Williams, obviously at Bristol City now. Um, players like Joe Garner, uh, Nathan Byrne as well, as is now at Derby. It's, it's it's a really good match, and obviously, you know, I think he can he needs to instill his work ethic and his his um, style of football into our team because for me that it's, it's what it needs it's it's certainly what it needs and you know don't knock Paul Cook you know it does seem a, a boring choice compared to the links of Rafa Benitez and obviously having Phil Philip Koku and Frank Lampard in the past but his teams do play good football you look at Wigan at the tail end of last season they beat a team 8-0 you know I'd crave I crave a one nil at the minute. So you know if he, he knows how to get the best out of players in the championship. So it's, it's a no brainer really for me. No, no, no. I hear that. So listen, but you know Derby County. You know, like I said, we've been talking about this. They've been they've been struggling a bit, but they've been struggling years. I mean, we're talking about possible Paul Kirk or is it Rooney or who's it going to be? You know, Steve McLaren's even coming back in there now, and he's been managing you. You know, not even too long ago, I think he, he managed us against where we played you in the playoff um, just before in that playoff season, 2015. There was him, him and uh, a friend of the Besotted podcast, Chris Powell, as well, who were there on the bench. But you know, so you've been through an enormous amount of managers in, in in a relatively short time and and you've spent a lot of money in in a relatively short amount of time and I've said this before listen I know you I know like I said you I know a lot of Derby posse out there from the Punjabi Rams to the you know to the Steve Bloomer's posse to to Nick the Flagman like you know to look, listen all you guys out there we got really well go up there drinking with you being out with you I even actually travel with you up to Nottingham Forest to go and see you play Forest one time got on the train from Derby up to Forest you know what I'm saying so listen I'm not knocking you at all but like I said I'll say you know I want to say as I say and have a conversation with you about it Derby you know they they seem to be suffering from 
a bit of mismanagement. You know, Mel Morris, he's not a bad guy. You know, he obviously loves the club and he's put money into it, but it seems that you've basically just bunked a load of money, you know, and spent a load of money for a number of years on, on big players, big money players, the wrong type of players, paying all these managers their money, then paying them to, when you sack them, and then they get a new more players in, then you have to spend money on more players. And the fans keep on wanting the club to spend more and more and it just seems that it's just got so out of control you had big egos to feed as you do with big the big players there's been lots of change um you've had to sell your stadium to sort of flip things around and and to me it's kind of like it's it's not helped a lot of situations because you know it's almost like the club's kind of slightly running out of control and i've said this before you know another one of your your podcasts listen you know we're brentford and we've been through kind of hell and back to the stage where we've had buckets outside our club you know and we've seen what happens if you kind of do the mismanagement thing because at the end of the day it always falls back on the fans because you support the club so if the club goes or if all things go horribly wrong it's going to be the fans that suffer them sitting down there the club's got no money the club gets relegated or you know financially in trouble and the fans are out there trying to raise money for the club and everything like that and that's not good so it's almost like it's really important for the club to try and get a little bit more of an an, an even footing and and stop worrying about what it's going to do this year and next year and three years and five years you know five years and eight years down the time is where they should be looking and you know listen I don't know what the deal is with Wayne Rooney but he must be on a lot of money and everybody else and whether or not that's actually paying for itself or whether or not you're kind of hoping that you're going to get to the Premier League so that you could can you pay for all of this stuff but for you aren't you a little bit worried as a fan and 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 aren't you sort of thinking listen we probably need a little bit more of a a longer term plan here yeah i i've sort of i've i've i guess i've campaigned for stability amongst um the derby hierarchy for a long time i think it was mel morris's first season he bought the club um he spent over 30 million fair enough you know there's your statement of intent but after that you know, recruitment was was really bad after that. I think we bought Ekechianya for four million pounds. He played less than fifty games for the club over the next four years. Dave Nugent came in at thirty-two on a lot of money. Spent two and a half million pounds on him. Cameron Jerome. He went after six months. You know, recruitment has very much been a scattergun approach, and I think that is very much the the main the, the main downfall um, for the club over the last few years. And it's led to this position now where. Over the last two years, okay, we bought Bielik and Osbiak for a combined twelve million pounds or whatever, but we've had to sell players to get that to get that fee. And you know, recruitment is, as I say, has just been a scattergun approach. It's led to us being in this position we're in now, where we have a squad that is, I say, slightly below average. You know, it's not it's not it's not the best squad. Um, it was propped up by loanies under Lampard last season. Koku worked wonders. Don't know how we managed to finish in the top half. And uh, as you say, you know, it's. I guess it is mis- mismanagement because you know all the club is needed is a football structure at the top level. I spoke to David Webb, who was director of football uh, or technical director, sorry, at Tim Huddersfield Town last year, and you know he he um, you know sung the praises of having a football structure at the very top, um, and that that really does help the long term stability um, of a football club. Brentford are a very good example, as you as you as you well know, of having a, a football structure at the top. Um, but yeah, you know, we're now in this position where, you know, Mel Morris has had to sell the club. You know, it could be a good owner, it could be a bad owner. You know, we've seen the likes of Wigan, um, even Newcastle United to some extent, you know, suffer for, for you know, new owners coming in. Um, and you just hope it's the right one. And hopefully, as I say, the first job is to get a stable structure at the top level. And Steve McLaren's come in and done that. 
So, and and that's the, the question I was going to ask. Because obviously, you know, people may not know that Derby have got new. I think it's Middle Eastern investment coming in. Which you know, like I said to you, is, listen, there's no problem with people investing in clubs if they do it right. As far as I'm concerned, it's great, and it, you know, the money should go around. And 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 to me, having a football league where all the clubs are operating well and there's good, healthy competition, which means that you get all fans going to football. So it's a right laugh going to games. At the end of the day, look, as much as you know, QPR might be our rivals. I don't want. Them go out of business mm. we don't want Derby to go out of business we don't want Accrington Stanley to go out of business we want everyone to be doing alright we just want to be beating them all like you know <laughs> so if everyone's been run well then you know then it looks it, it looks great when you beat them because it means that you've kind of technically outmaneuvered them on the pitch like you know so of course we want you guys to do do the business like you know but um could this be another Charlton, though, do you think? Or do you think this is looking OK? I mean, it remains to be seen because I think a lot of football fans are almost scarred over what's happened with the likes of Berry, Wigan, Charlton. Um, so it's really hard to, to say whether the, the new ownership is going to be good or bad. You know, you just don't know. And hopefully the plans are, are solid. Hopefully they've got good plans for the club. They were likened to be more like Sheffield United ownership than, than Manchester City, um, which obviously burst of balloons of, of, of many Derby fans but you know I'm all for that level of pragmatism to, to spending because of what we've suffered over the last five years and okay you know we finished in the playoffs quite often but we're now at a point where we've sold a stadium we've got loads against the training ground we're now in debt we never were in debt before Mel Morris took over so the club is in a in a I wouldn't say a precarious position but you know it's certainly one that would be looking over the shoulder and a new ownership coming in Again, does raise questions, but you just hope, for the love of God, that it's 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 a good ownership, not a bad ownership. So player-wise, I mean, you've got a great academy. I mean, people are raving about players like Sibley, you know, last season. Just want to know, who exactly are you excited about? Jason Knight this season has been unbelievable. Uh, he covers every blade of grass. He uh, won international break, I think it was the, the one in October. He had about six, six hours sleep over... Uh, a couple of days because he was on international duty and then he came back and put in a man match display um, I can't remember who it was against but he's 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 a fantastic player he's, he's industrious and um, popped up with a goal on, on Saturday and he's he's one of those players who can arrive late in the box and get a goal so yeah he's he's one to look out for so listen Wednesday it's the Brentford match now you being a championship expert on your very very excellent second tier podcast uh, you know quite a bit about Brentford and the championship as well the question I'm going to ask you, do you think we're as good as we were last season? Um, I, my opinion would be no. Ryan will say yes. Um, you know, my co-host Ryan will say yes. Um, I'll say no. I say no because um, I think defensively Brentford haven't looked as uh, assured as they have they, they did do last season. Both both seasons obviously been slow starts, but I think you're being propped up a lot by Ivan Tony, which is obvious. But he's getting a supply, which is one thing. You know, he's not doing it all by himself. He's you know, he's not a one man team by 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 any such. But you know, it's that I it's that I think you came on and spoke about it um, last week. Um, you know, you need more players contributing, and you know, having players like Marcus Force in there. Uh, alongside Ivan Tony, because Ivan Tony is also a good creator. You know, he, he played as a two um, at Peterborough, so he's got it in, in in the locker. So I think being a bit brave and perhaps playing them two um, might swing me around a bit because there's there's goals in in force and in, in, in Ivan Tony. Um, but yeah, straight answer. I don't think you are as good as last year, but I think you're slow burners, aren't you? 
slow burners and like I said to you this time like we're, we're ahead of us where we were last season and like I said to you we start we start slowly as players start to get to learn how to uh, to do the business like you know um, you know for, in the Brentford team and how they start to play together so you just never know let's see how it goes after Christmas time but I mean who or what worries you about Brentford as a Derby fan then you know what players what style what was going to worry you when you go out there and you see them go out there on Wednesday um, it's a great question. I mean, I've I've been to Griffin Park a couple of times, and I've seen Brentford score six pastas, you know, three three on one occasion, three on another occasion. So you're devastating in possession. Um, I think uh, Sergi Canos coming into form, you know, his goal against Blackburn was brilliant. Him coming into form is is quite frightening because when he does perform, he's he's an incredibly gifted dribbler. Um, and Derby at the moment defensively are terrible. Um, we we Derby ship a lot of chances. Um, Ivan Tony scores a lot of chances. He's he got the best conversion rate in the league, um, so obviously him being in that team does frighten me a bit because we've, I guess we've been quite lucky against other other, other strikers being out of form. Ivan Tony is certainly in form, so yeah, I think yeah, Sergi Canos coming into form and um, Ivan Tony being in the form he's in is is quite frightening. And obviously Rico Henry is the best best wing back, and we've got a problem at the moment with being able to handle ourselves uh, against overlaps and overloads out wide. Um, so Rico Henry again is, a, is another frightening prospect. And I mean, obviously you've got a win on on, on Saturday, which is which has buoyed you a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So with Brentford and their weaknesses, where do you see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel? Where do you think our Achilles' heel will be? Um, I think getting the ball into Colin Kazim Richards. He's at 34 years old, and um, he's only hit double figures once in his career. I was not overawed with his signing at all, um, but he's been, as I said earlier, a breath of fresh air, and um, he's so good at getting the ball down. He, I think he's better than Chris Martin at getting the ball down. He's, he's taller, more physical, and as well as that, his movement's actually pretty good. So I'm hoping um, he can ruffle a few feathers amongst Pinnock and Janssen, if obviously if Janssen plays. Um, so yeah, the delight at the end of the tunnel really is relying on Colin Kazim Richards. There you go. So listen, I'm going to ask you, match on Wednesday, give us a score, prediction. I mean, I have to I have to give Derby a bit of credit here. I'm going to go one nil Derby <laughs> because <laughs> because of uh, Colin Cassie and Richards and hopefully a good form, good forms brewing and a clean sheet, back to back clean sheets from from Saturday as well. And you're back in London again, so it's going to be a double London one, is it? Okay, there exactly. you go. I put the words into your mouth there. So listen, Justin, tell tell everybody how they can get hold of you guys, where they could listen to you, all that stuff. Yep, so you can listen to the Second Tier podcast on Apple, on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Acast, we're on all the the available listening platforms. Obviously, you can visit us on social media at The Second Tier at, on Twitter and Instagram. That's all good as well. And I'm actually I'm, I'm actually on this week's podcast as well, aren't I? Very excited mm. B come talk to the stadium <laughs> as well. So you can have very excited Billy the B chatting about Brentford's new Griffin Park on The Second Tier podcast this week. So listen, Justin, brilliant talking to you. Let's see how it goes on Wednesday night against Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Or maybe it might be somebody else's Derby County on Wednesday night. You just never know. And uh, we'll have a little chat after the game to see how close we are to have predicted this one. Brilliant. Yeah, always a pleasure. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.